I'm Ruth Kramer. Hey folks, good afternoon. Welcome to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes alongside Doug McCary coming to you on this uh, Wednesday, July 5th. Um, we are glad you've tuned in. If you want to call in this afternoon, the number is 844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928. We'd love to hear from you this week as Doug and I are working through a book called The Discipleship Gospel. And uh, it is quite a read, very challenging, and I'm looking forward to digging into it with you, Douglas. How are you, buddy? I- I'm good. Did you have a good fourth? And we did. It was uh, it was a uh, quiet on our front, but uh, we went over and hung out with uh, uh, Ben and Rachel and Graham and uh, swam in their pool for a little bit. But uh, yeah, it was nice. Didn't didn't see a single firework other than the ones I shot off with my other grandkids in my street. <laughs> yeah which don't get a lot higher than about head high well you know we went out to uh, amelia island last night and saw a fireworks display this actually was put on by our guest tomorrow paul peebles Uh, paul is a great guy i met uh, a few weeks ago he works for the florida department of law enforcement but in his off time he has uh well, he comes from a family of pyrotechnicians, and his grandfather actually um, put together all the explosions in the movie Moonraker, the James Bond with Roger Moore. I don't know if in Jaws, it do well. you remember that? Absolutely. And, and uh, so I got to meet his um, his mom and uh, his uh, wife and kids and. Paul has a great story he's going to share with us, and you'd, you'd appreciate He's a golf pro, too. He Is was. He, really? he was before he got into FDLE. And um, and so, uh, yeah, he uh, he was a kind of a, I don't know, traveling pro. I, I don't know that he actually was on the pro circuit, right. but he, he was a traveling pro that would teach and stuff. And so uh, it was fascinating to talk to him. But watching the fireworks, we hadn't been to a big fireworks display in a long time. And so uh, we took Abby, Becca, and Ellie, and Lori and me went out there, and we were literally sitting maybe 40 yards, 50 yards from the from the actual big cases. It was cool to see how it was all laid out. I'd never been that up close to gotcha. a, a major display. And to watch them, I mean, they have to wire them. It's not like, you know, you go out there and light them like we yeah. did. They they're wired exactly, and, and they're timed and sequenced to the music. It was really cool. So had music out. going and all that. Oh yeah, huh? yeah, I love the, it. Yeah, and so you go off in the at the beach was well, it? Well, it, oh. no, it was at the Amelia. It was actually. Have you ever been to the Amelia Island Golf Club? Yeah, uh-huh. sure. It's a, like a private yeah beautiful course, place. But it was out there on one of the. It was like I think a, I don't know if it was the driving range or what, but it was out there. So they, it was intercoastal, kind of shooting it, it out. It was just the yeah, it was off. Yeah, you know, one part of Amelia Island's on the right, right by the water. The other parts to the left. And anyway, it was really cool to watch and just to get to know him a little bit. I'm excited about having him on tomorrow. Uh, again, um, I hope you'll tune in, Paul Peebles. <laughs> is going to be my guest, and he has a fascinating story. He and his wife 
have fostered children, they've adopted children, and he's done all that while working in the law enforcement community, and he's going to just be sharing about some of that process. And I had a chance to talk to his mother, you know, which is always insightful to talk to parents. No doubt. And, um, you know, just really uh, excited about him being on tomorrow. So, but the fourth, uh, you know, I don't know if you heard there were uh, – there's always accidents. One guy I heard was setting off fireworks, one of those big kind that they use. Mm-hmm. It didn't go off. I don't know if it was a big show like that, but it was a big one of those big right. ones you can buy right. commercially. And uh, looked down in it when it didn't oh, go off, on. and it went off, and he's in like critical condition in a hospital. Uh, there were two fatalities from other incidents where people were injured. So, you know, he has been trained – his grandfather was highly trained. This is not something you just haphazardly go out and do, yeah. right? I mean, like these these things are explosives, <laughs> you know. Uh, and and it's interesting because most people, you know, they're just kind of fun. You know, as a kid, you grow up Absolutely. wanting fireworks, but uh, they actually. Um, came because they were like explosives for military use you know uh they they've uh, were first developed uh by china you know who uh they would throw bamboo stalks into fire and those that hollow air pockets would overheat and it would explode then they experimented with the dust i mean the, the fire you know the gunpowder and all right, that stuff right and uh <clears throat> so anyway um that they they're not just something that i mean we like seeing all that stuff it but, is pretty cool yeah it's pretty cool we we uh just uh we had the boys over all sarah and quinn's kids over on uh i guess monday night and um anyway so we on a way on the way back in fact i think it was on the, my way back from uh radio on monday i stopped at one of those firecracker places asked the guy i said i need some fireworks for a- ages six and under <laughs> so i just bought this like pack of stuff and uh, got it home lit it up mm-hmm. of course my wife is always so cautious about how how we do anything with fire which you should be and uh Anyway, the kids had a great time. Well, yeah. Well, when we were coming back over the the Dames Point Bridge, it was cool because oh, you bet. could see them all over Jacksonville going off, and so it it was fun, you know. And and Fourth of July is the most uh, used fireworks other than any other time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was what what it's known for. So anyway, uh, we had a good time. I hope you had a good time. And now we're just moving into july the heat if you're out there be careful it is really hot uh whether you're in mississippi or virginia or florida it doesn't matter it's hot everywhere i'm not sure what the heat index is here do you know uh i think it's 101 (laughs) i think it's like 101 104 but uh hey something else in the news by the way if you're just tuning into swat radio uh the first segment we just kind of talk about things going on in the news and um you know, Brad, while we were up in uh, North Carolina with Rachel, uh, me and Lori and Abby and Rachel and Becca, we rode an Alpine roller coaster, which was a gravity roller coaster. It just starts at the top of a mountain. Yeah, I've seen down. that. 
and it was so fun. It had a thing that you could control the speed on it. Oh, really? Because, yeah, because it's like it's like a bobsled on a roller. So coaster. you don't have another car behind you. Well, you do, but it's about maybe fifty to eighty feet behind you. They time it okay. so you go far enough. But it was so fun. The girls had a blast. But the reason I bring that up is. I don't know. We've had the roller coasters in the news twice the last couple of days. Some people were up in North Carolina at a theme park and saw a crack in the pylon, the metal pylon that was holding up. So they shut down the that roller coaster ride when that person just randomly happened to see it, mm-hmm. I mean, or we should say providentially saw it. And so they're they're doing engineers are looking at that. But another roller coaster in Wisconsin, I think it was yesterday got stuck in the middle of a loop i saw that is that not i crazy? did see that can you imagine being Woo. stuck up there and my kids probably would like that but. well <laughs> i mean like <clears throat> you know people go to these parks all over the country they go to disney universal studios and all this and we exercise more faith getting on those rides than we do in the lord jesus christ Everybody goes and they just assume. Same with air travel. Same. I, I don't know if you saw this yesterday. A lady got thrown off an airplane. She said somebody's not real in the back. Like this person isn't real. It was. It was kind of bizarre. Uh, it, it. It was made the news, and she literally was cussing going up and said i'm getting off this plane. I'm getting off this plane. Well, they had to call. They had to taxi back in. Take her back in. And she just said, y'all can do what you want to. You're going to die if you stay on this plane because that person is not real. They're not they're like they're no up to no good. And she was adamant. Now, I just want you. I was watching the video of it, watching everybody and everybody just blew her off. Hmm. Nobody had any faith in her. And it, you know what it reminded me of? I was thinking about the prophets. I was thinking about how everybody just did what they wanted to do. The prophets were sent by God, and I'm not saying this lady was truthful, but this lady was, she believed something so much mm-hmm. she was willing to get thrown off the airplane, right. Right. and everybody just laughed her off. And I thought, what would I have done on that plane? I certainly would have looked at the back, and I would have looked at that person and tried to determine for myself what, you know, I wouldn't have just blown it off, but I was watching all the people. Everybody just blew her off. And I thought that's what's going to happen as people continue to marginalize Christianity. They continue to marginalize the Bible. People are, are going to be telling warnings about the signs around us. We already see it. Yeah. And people just blow it off. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's what happened with the prophets. Jeremiah, Isaiah, Malachi, all of them. Uh, they gave warnings and people disregarded them. And I was just struck by that, you know, and you see how we're actually being set up for that. Nobody believes the news. Nobody believes their institutions, whether it's the church, whether it's the schools or the government. Mm. Who do you believe now? No, exactly. It reminds me, you and I are teaching on the West side uh, through Hebrews and Hebrews is packed full of warnings, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, you better heed them. Mm -hmm. You better heed them. Well, um, there's a guy uh, named C.D. Cunningham that says a new religion is coming out in our day. I don't know if you saw this, but it blends modern and postmodern philosophies 
to form a belief system that's focused on, first of all, identity, right? Your identity, equity, and social critique. That's the religion. It's identity, equity, and social uh, critique. It encur- sounds like uh, ESG. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, it encourages self-discovery, introspection, <laughs> and activism for social change. And you see that going on in our world, right? Yeah. Uh, you see it right now, and they've got the rituals and myths that come out of the digital age we live in. The and it's basically their faith is supporting a uh, non-falsifiable, in other words, or non-verifiable metaphysical kind of worldview. So you can believe whatever you want, and it can't be challenged. <laughs> and uh, but diversity, individual expression, that marks the top of it. And everybody makes it sound good. And I thought, wow, that is so true. This guy's yeah. onto something because this is what you see. Go on YouTube. Look at yeah. all the young people that are putting stuff out on YouTube where they're the authority. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're getting their information yeah. from Google, yeah. from you know Wikipedia or wherever. And they're just espousing these beliefs, but it's within themselves. And you cannot get truth from within yourself you can't yeah yeah yeah. you you have no ability to change anything Mm. well and it is uh it's a lot easier uh i don't are you familiar with this uh this uh amazon original series that just came out recently the shiny happy people no it's about the duggar family remember the duggar family oh oh, isn't it about uh bill gothard Uh, yeah well it is somewhat yeah and uh in fact vicky posted today as she often does about issues like this but it's interesting to see how many christians come out in in attack of some of the things like a gothard listen i'm not saying you have to believe agree with everything but the fact that you don't acknowledge the fact of your own you know depravity you can only focus on other people's depravity it, it reminds me of getting the speck out of your own eye or getting the two by four out of your own eye before you get the speck out of someone else's oh the, it's much easier to look at your speck right. and deal with mine and, and, <laughs> and, and the idea of the bible is the truth it is the mirror into our hearts and so hey we're already at our first break we'll take a quick break call us at 844-777-7928 we'll be right back This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. The Florida Georgia Truth Network in Argyle at 91.7. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. 
SWAT Radio, Brad and Doug here on this July 5th, Wednesday afternoon. We're glad you tuned in. If you want to call this afternoon, the number is 844-777-7928. You can also email us your questions or comments to ask at SWATradio.com. Douglas, I I don't know how far into this book you are, but uh, I think I told you on Monday, I'm having to go back and reread a lot of stuff. I'm I'm sure you do that. I mean... You're a high IQ guy, but you know every time. So oftentimes, I'll read a paragraph, and when I'm done, I'm, what? I need to go back and read that. <laughs> but I'm thoroughly enjoying this book, and uh, very convicting too. Yeah, there's often though many times you have to go back and um, reread stuff. You know, like I don't know if you ever heard. Uh, um, brian regan the comedian have you ever heard him talk oh, of about course. on rereading like the corporation filed and he he reads this sentence like five times and it's like you're like what is it saying you know do <laughs> you have to guess i have to go back and read this thing like five times but anyway hey i want to go back before we jump into that real quick on this whole idea of and this book deals with this because it brings out the scriptures about how we've gotten away from the kingdom gospel about people in our culture are searching for spirituality and like there's all kinds of things out there there's courses books about self-reflection and uh uh, like secular spirituality type practices where people are pursuing some kind of spiritual awakening but uh it doesn't include the Bible or biblical truth. Mm. It's it's kind of introspective and generic. In fact, uh, even like I, when when things happen that affirm our our rights in this country to have a biblical worldview, like what the Supreme Court ruled recently, uh, headlines will characterize it differently. Like last week, one of the news. Uh, uh, periodicals put out Supreme Court rules for web designer who wanted to discriminate against gay clients. That's not what the ruling was. Exactly. But you hear how they characterize yep. it? So we are manipulated that way. And ultimately, you know, I, I really believe the truth will put itself out there. And as we think about the kingdom gospel again, uh, I, I just want to reiterate the definition of, that uh, this one guy was quoted in the book as saying, it's wherever the will of God is done. Uh, And I thought that was a a pretty good definition, but they also included the aspect of not just where God's will is being done, but where God is retaking ground, like in the life of an unbeliever, you know, where because unbelievers aren't following the will of God, they're following their own hearts and desires. But yet when that person is regenerate, when God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, gives them eyes to see, brings them off the ocean floor, breathes life into them, mm-hmm. they respond to the gospel, he's now reclaimed that yeah. that Satan had, delivered them what Paul says, out of darkness into, or Peter says, out of darkness into light, 
to proclaim the excellency. So now they go from being somebody who proclaims the world system and witnesses for Satan to being a witness for Jesus Christ. And so God, God's kingdom is wherever his will is being obeyed. Um, it's where his individuals are living and functioning, and it's where the church is. And so as we think about God's kingdom, again, it's not something that you and I heard a lot of growing up. Yeah. Yeah, I can honestly say I didn't hear a lot of it, even when they, except maybe when they read the scriptures where it mentioned it, but nobody really explained that aspect to me in the gospel. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Yet I was reading New Testament scholars agree that Jesus spoke about the kingdom of God more than anything else during his earthly ministry. Yeah, more than a hundred times. Uh, I thought that, I found that to be interesting. You know. Uh, to explain its mysteries, he used parables, metaphors, uh, but to say that people today are a bit fuzzy on the meaning of the gospel of the kingdom uh, is a, is an understatement, to be honest. Yeah, I I really like the way he um, or they I should say they because it, it was they they explain the gospel in the book and 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 the 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 kingdom gospel and. He said, you know, to make a declaration and to say that the responses are not tied to the declaration would be like going to a wedding ceremony where the groom and the bride never say anything. Right. It, it's just, hey, do you do this? Do you do this? Do mm -hmm. you do this? And they never say, yes, I do. Yeah. It, 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 he says, when was the last time you went to a wedding yeah. and that happened? Uh, so Jesus calls us to respond, and unless we respond to the good news, we really haven't received it, have we? Right. No. And, <laughs> and and I think he brings that out. It's a really good point. But going back to Mark 1, we looked at um, on Monday, uh, he talks about the four elements there. And if you remember, we talked about the declaration there of the kingdom of God is here, Okay. It's here, it's now, and that's what he's saying in Mark 1. But then, what does Jesus say right after that declaration? He says, repent of your sin, believe, believe in the gospel, and then follow Jesus. Follow me. Right. And so he gives those three responses that would be normative for a true believer. Now, in our culture, we give only one response that doesn't have anything to do with those three mm -hmm. pray this prayer pray this prayer you you can say what you want right but everybody knows at a wedding when they say it it well i i should say it used to have a lot more meaning than it does now but it's still people were not called to make a decision of the mind they were called to an entirely new life. Yeah. And they knew that back yeah. then. Yeah. And I don't you think today that when people think about that, Brad, that people think, oh, I, I need to do this because I need to make this right in my life. Sure. But they, yeah. they're not thinking about their whole life being changed. Right. Well, and I think, it, you know, when we talk about repentance, and I know we'll get to talking about repentance and uh, maybe next week or the week after. Yeah. 
But the idea of repentance not just being a change of mind, but it's a change of heart, which leads to a changed life. Mm-hmm. It, it it is uh you know it is a turning from self reliance, you know where you are on the throne to Jesus mm-hmm. who is on the throne, and it, there is no question whether he is on the throne. He mm-hmm. said uh, his last you know, words to his disciples was that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Mm. He is in charge, Mm. but it's, so it's not just a acknowledgement with our head, but it's a, 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 it's, it should result in a changed life. Well, it, you know, there, the declaration God's kingdom is here is huge because I can honestly say that that did not come to me as part of the gospel. God's kingdom is here. What came to me was, you're a sinner. You need to trust Jesus to have your sins forgiven and go to heaven. That's what I heard. And I, I, I believed as much as I knew, but over time, God began to reveal his kingdom to me, and he began to reveal it through his word. Because you cannot read the Bible with the power of the Holy Spirit revealing truth to you and contain the gospel to only your sins being forgiven. You mm-hmm. can't stay mm-hmm. there. Right. And you and I, I think I told you, one of the guys who gave me the book from up in Pittsburgh when I spoke up there said, how did you, how do you preach this? Like you've never gone through the training that we've gone through. And I said, because other men taught me this concept of the kingship of Jesus and the kingdom of God. Right. Now, it's referred to as lordship, it's referred to as other things, but the bottom line is when he says his kingdom is here, he's saying I have come, this is Jesus speaking, I have come to bring God's kingdom rule back on earth to my people. That's why when he says in Matthew, uh, I think it's Matthew 1, he will save his people from their sin. Hmm. It doesn't say he's going to save the world. And there's a lot of people that are universalist out there that says when God died, he died for everyone. Well, did he? If you don't receive it, does his, does his death do anything for you? No. It, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that his death is not available, but you reject. And so when his kingdom comes, that that is a very different message than, hey, you need to repent of your sins because you, you need to trust Jesus to forgive you so you can go to heaven. It's very different. Yeah. You're starting with his kingship. And I remember even when I was training you guys for the Philippines, you remember one of the first things that I start with is that God created the world to rule. He created it so that you would be in a proper relationship of dependence on him. Yeah. And even though that's not the kingdom, like the way Jesus talked about it, it's still establishing his authority, which is one of the things missing from most gospel presentations today, that aspect of kingdom authority, you know, People don't like that in our culture. Yeah, I think it is interesting uh, because I, I'm with you. I think uh, <clears throat> I don't recall when I heard the gospel and and responded to the gospel 
that I viewed it as the kingdom of God is here. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I was thinking about uh, the the criminal on the cross next to Jesus when he said, "Remember me when you come into your what is it King- kingdom? Yeah. When you come into your kingdom? Yeah. Yeah. Even uh, the thief on the cross knew. Right. Exactly. So I think it's uh, this is a kind of a new way of. I'm going to be interested over the next couple of months to talk to you about how we begin to share the gospel well, when differently. We, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about how people responded to his message. Yeah. Because I think it's important for us to consider that the way they responded is what we see people doing today. Yeah. But we try to gear people to one response. We just want right. them to believe it. Pray a prayer. Even if they don't really believe it right exactly hey join us sir and you're gonna have questions about metashare it makes total sense like first is this health insurance and the answer is no it's not it's actually a different way of getting access to great health care it's literally sharing so you don't pay a premium each month instead members have a share amount that goes to help other people and metashare is a not-for-profit that's been going strong for 30 years it's not a mega corporation that makes you pay for things you don't believe in which is one of the many reasons it has double the member satisfaction rate compared to health insurance. Another question, is MediShare for everybody? No, actually it's not. And that is one of the reasons it works so well to keep the costs down. So if you live a healthy lifestyle, for instance, no tobacco, no illegal drugs or abuse of legal drugs, you're going to be joining people like you, which keeps costs down and you can save a lot. Most families save $500 a month. Call now, find out more. 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. No active accidents, but there is a broken down vehicle on Butler Boulevard eastbound between Southside Boulevard and Gate Parkway. Also, there's a vehicle on fire on the East Beltway, 295 northbound at St. John's Bluff Road. And there's a disabled vehicle on the West Beltway, 295 northbound before Wilson Boulevard. Scattered showers and thunderstorms tonight, low 77. Thursday, partly sunny, high 94. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm AJ. I push, I pull, go back and forth, finding myself. Pounding on a locked door, I try to make it out alone without your help. But I know I never win this war. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad and Doug here this afternoon. I love that song. This is the sound of freedom. Yeah. By the way, have you? You didn't happen to see the Sound of Freedom movie this weekend, did you? Have you uh, heard about this no, movie? Yeah, no, with Jim Caviezel. Yeah, yeah. no, and the Angel guy who, Studios. Yeah, is, and the guy who goes in and t- Tommy. Yeah, Ballard, Tim Ballard. Tim Ballard. Yeah. yeah, he goes in and rescues people. I I thought that's really uh, good. I I, I think I, we're gonna go see it tonight. You should. Hey, uh, there's a there's a book out that I want to highly commend. You know, and Brad and I talk about books. Um, some of these books are biographies and you go, well, why do you need to read books? Well, books are people's stories. Mm-hmm. And if you can't hear them share their story, cause people are limited, they can only be in a few places at once and you may or may not hear it. But, uh, there's a guy who was on the radio. I actually got introduced to him by my son. He's a former Marine named Chad, named Chad Robichaud. Oh yeah. Chad wrote a book called saving Aziz. 
Some of you guys listening out there may have heard about a movie called The Covenant. Jake Gyllenhaal uh, uh, is in it as an army guy who was saved by his interpreter in the movie. And he goes back and rescues him uh, after the fall of that. You know, he, yes, he, he yeah. goes back uh, when the Taliban takes over after the Biden debacle over there. Well, anyway, uh, Chad did the same thing. Chad did the Chad did the real life thing where he rescued like 17,000 Afghanis. 17,000. 2,000 plus kids who were orphans that surely would have been mutilated or they <laughs> Brad, you're having some technical difficulty. <laughs> Brad's over there doing a search. Like what in the world is going on? But anyway, the book Saving Aziz is really good. I, I'm about halfway through it and it talks about the process uh, of how Chad went and Chad has this ministry called the Mighty Oaks Foundation in Houston, which ministers to uh, veterans with PTSD. And he he has been doing a great work. Chad struggled. He's been a guest. Yes. Oh, yeah. He struggled with PTSD. Right. He got to the point where he almost wanted to take his life. But God delivered him from that and gave him this ministry. And, um, he's, and, and he also gave him the ministry to go back and rescue Aziz, his interpreter who saved his life on multiple occasions. And get this, Brad, say, I didn't know this, saved his son's life. His son got in the Marine Corps and had him as an interpreter as well. Hmm. And um, and so it's a powerful story of how God can mobilize a man with a vision from him to go and do good in his name. I mean, he, Chad didn't do this to earn points with God. He did this because God put it on his heart to go do it, to help someone to go out and reach. And you know what? He has prayed for Aziz's salvation. Aziz comes from a Muslim background. And here's the cool part. You've got Jewish people funding an American Christian to put together special ops <laughs> to go rescue Muslims from Afghanistan. Now, how cool is that? That is awesome. And and it all was for the glory of God. Yeah. And so um, the book's called Saving Aziz. And um, and if you haven't seen the Jake Gyllenhaal movie, I, I will warn you, it's got some language issues on there. But, you know, that's the reality of what happens over in the theater in the desert uh, when guys are out there. I mean, you know, you get a lot of guys that that's just the language they use. But it is a powerful story of wanting to rescue somebody who has given. And it made me think of Jesus rescuing us. Exactly. And and our motivation yeah. is not to earn his favor, but the gratitude for what he's done for us. But listen, in Mark 8, Jesus was with his disciples at Caesarea Philippi. You've been there, Brad. I and, have. And... He said, who do people say that I am? And they said, John the Baptist. Others say Elijah, one of the prophets. And he says, but who do you say? This is one of the most important questions you could ever ask anybody. Who do you say Jesus really is? And Peter said, you are the Christ. And then after Peter made that, that acknowledgement, he began to teach them. 
that I must suffer, I must be rejected by the elders and the chief priests, be killed, and three days rise again. And this brings out three other elements of the good news. God's kingdom is here. Jesus is Messiah. He's the, he is the anointed king. He's going to suffer and die. Three days later, he's going to be resurrected. That is the essence of the good news. Mm-hmm. And then tied into it is our response. We need to repent of our sin. We need to believe the gospel. We need to follow Jesus. Now, to understand how powerful Peter's proclamation really was, if you go back to Mark chapter 3, it, it says his family thought he was crazy. Yeah. Right? Mark chapter 3 also, the scribes thought he was possessed by Satan. These are the people that are supposedly the religious, some of the religious leaders, right? The people of Capernaum just called him a teacher. There's a lot of people in the world today that say he's a good teacher, but they don't acknowledge him as the Messiah. The people of Nazareth just viewed him as a carpenter. King Herod thought he was John the Baptist reincarnated or, you know, come back. Some people did think he was Elijah. Some thought he was one of the other prophets, but I don't think even Peter at this point knew he was God in the flesh. He knew he was sent by God, mm-hmm. but he and he said he was the anointed one. Right. But again, there's going to be times where Peter gets afraid, and you're saying <clears throat> you're saying after yeah after he he declared that he you made are this the, you are the Christ yeah you the are son the, of the living one. God. Uh-huh. He, he didn't put the fact that he was God. Yes, and. You know, over in 12, I'm sorry, uh, Mark chapter 4, when the storm, you know, there was a storm and Jesus calmed it and the disciples go, who is this guy? Mm -hmm. But before Mark chapter 8, they never said anything else. There was about a two-year period between Mark 1 and Mark 8. And everybody else had talked about who he was but the disciples never expressed an opinion i think what i think what's interesting is that even the demons had recognized that jesus as the christ but up to that point no no person had called him christ until peter in mark 8 yeah i know isn't that crazy but but when when peter made that declaration then what did jesus do he starts teaching about his death and his resurrection. He hadn't really taught that up in, until that point in Mark, you know, from Mark, really Mark 1 through chapter 8. And, and so we bring out these elements of him being the Messiah, his death and resurrection. And you know who really emphasized that? Was uh, Paul over in 1 Corinthians 15. Mm-hmm. He did the same thing. Right. He goes, I would remind you, brothers, of the what? The euangelion I preached to you. Uh, and he says, of first importance is this, that Christ, that term means the anointed one, right? The Messiah died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. He was buried, raised on the third day, again, in accordance with the scriptures. And he appeared to Peter. Important phrase he sticks in there is according to the scriptures. Now, what was their scriptures then? Yeah. It was the Old Testament. So how in the world some pastor can say we need to disregard the Old Testament and focus on the resurrection? If that was true, why did Paul do that? Right. Do you know who he's writing to? He's writing to the Corinthians. 
the Corinthians, a bunch of pagans and and who who thought they were special because God chose them instead of the Jews. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's bringing out how important the scriptures are. Yeah. And so what we see in Andy Stanley and some other people is a flawed way of thinking as it relates to sharing the gospel. You don't try to manage the results. It's not your job. Right. Our job is to proclaim the kingdom is here, that Jesus is Messiah, that he suffered and died for our sins on the cross, and he was resurrected three days later. And that demands a response. It demands a response that's tied in. You right. repent, you believe, and you follow. Yeah. And what we have focused on is a prayer of repentance, acknowledging belief, but never following. And quite frankly, a lot of that prayer is not in repentance. A, a lot of that prayer is, do you believe? Yeah, well, yeah. Do you accept? Yeah. Have you received? It's a mental assent, yeah. a lot it's of very, it, too. It, and, and as we'll get into this further in the book, it's a very much a me-centered gospel. Yeah. Uh, it, it, where there's no brokenness. You know, I think of the Beatitudes, the uh, very first one. Blessed are the poor in spirit. They recognize their depravity, mm-hmm. which is what leads to repentance. Yep. And, uh, you know, I think it's interesting. We'll take another break how he goes into beginning in Mark 9, talking about the true cost of discipleship. Yeah. That's well, something we don't talk about. Well, yeah. Well, here's the deal the kingdom gospel, you either receive Jesus of Nazareth as the Messiah, which means he's the anointed king by repenting, believing, and following, or you reject him. Yeah. You can't you can't just acknowledge right. it mentally. Yeah. It, it is a following that has to be there that shows the belief is true. The repentance was was genuine, right? Yeah, exactly. So. Hey, glad you tuned in today. If you want to call us during this last segment, we would love to hear from you. 844-777-7928. Again, that's 844-777-7928. We'd love to chat. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. The Florida Georgia Truth Network in Ocean Way at 
Hey, welcome to SWAT Radio. Brad and Doug here on this uh, July 5th, Wednesday afternoon. We're glad you tuned in as Doug and I chat about this book we're going through called The Discipleship Gospel. I love what uh, Greg Ogden said about it. He said, with biblical and theological precision, the discipleship gospel instructs us to replace the gospel of easy believism with Jesus's gospel of the kingdom. Until we get the gospel right, we can't expect the state of discipleship to change. This book takes us to the very foundation upon which disciple-making is built. Mm, That's good. Greg Ogden has a good book out there, too, called Discipleship Essentials. Yes. And he he gets into this as well. I mean, like, he goes into it. um, Well, I was just sharing with you over the break. I think, uh, you know, as I look back— and, uh, you know, I, I, not that I can remember every single time I've shared the gospel with somebody, but it's it's been a number of times that oftentimes, Doug, and I, I'm curious, not to put you on the spot, but have do you believe there have been times when you shared the gospel incompletely? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> okay, absolutely. I, I look back and, I, you know, again, like you, we did the best we could with what we knew. Right. But it's been a growing process of understanding, and I I see that in the disciples too. Yeah, true. They didn't oh, grab yeah, it. They didn't grab it, and yeah. it is a process. But this kingdom gospel, it's like you said this on Monday, and because he says it in the book, that the gospel we we preach determines the disciples we make. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it, it's very true that if we preach a very man centered, um. Uh, you know, like uh, prosperity or consumer, whatever you want to call it, kind of gospel, then those are the kind of uh, followers. In fact, or I should say non-followers, because a lot of those people won't follow Jesus in the hard things. Mm-hmm. They're like John chapter six, where Jesus says, hey, you know, you got to do this. They go, whoop, we're out of here. We're not doing that. And he looks to Peter, y'all going to do this too? No, Lord, we have nowhere else to go. Because they knew who they were following. Mm. Those other people were following themselves, and they thought by temporarily following Jesus, they would get what they want accomplished, what they wanted yes. to be accomplished. Yeah, so, yep. yep. totally agree. So I, I absolutely have um, not done a complete God. It's been a growth process for me. And again, you remember... If you remember the four main ideas when I trained you guys to go to the Philippines, it was God's plan, Christ, uh, it, it was uh, man's problem, problem uh, you know, God's response, and then our response. And, and that can still be used. It's just when we talk about God's plan, we need to talk about his kingdom. Yes. And, you know, that's just really important, that, that language of his authority was established at the beginning when he told Adam, hey, you can eat of every tree, but don't eat of this one. Mm. And when, um, but, but he was sharing that from a protective uh, perspective. It's almost like you as a parent, when you tell, you've had five children, right? Yep. And now you've got grandchildren. I have eight children and six grandchildren. 
no you have more than five you have like eight how many do you have now? i have uh eight grand eight, eight, grandchildren you got eight two two more coming i've got but, six and one coming yeah, and so yep. when we tell our children or our grandchildren some kind of boundary it is out of love and care for them it is not to be some kind of killjoy in their life to say we don't want them to enjoy things but you and i have experience of knowing where certain things lead how things can be dangerous how things can hurt they can lead you to places of of bad choices and so we try to share those things with them but those things are not always perceived as loving or as helpful right of course and yep. that's the way we view god mm-hmm. when god lays out in his plan and you know i was reading this morning about Achan and his theft of the things that god told him not to do there's a story in the old testament when the walls of jericho came down um Joshua was told by God to tell the people, don't take anything. Mm -hmm. Don't take the gold. And for yourself, don't take uh, their idols. And Achan took it. And you might read that on the face value and think that he was repentant because he said, I've sinned against God. I've sinned against heaven, he says when confronted so on the face we would look at that and go wow he seemed repentant but Lori pointed out to me we we're talking about it that saul said the same thing mm. oh i've done something bad saul wasn't remorseful over what he had done mm-hmm. god stripped the kingdom away from him Achan, it doesn't ever say he asked for mercy doesn't ever say that he really was remorseful it says that he was stoned, and it appears he and his family and everything associated with him was killed and burned yeah. because that's how serious it was because he said, I saw it, and even though God had told me not to do it, I coveted it. Yeah, and <clears throat> he knew it was wrong. Yes. Uh, and he knew it was wrong because he buried it. Yes, yeah, he buried it. And there's so- some some real symbolism there is our own sin we try to bury we bury it yeah Uh, when we know it's sin we bury it Mm -hmm. if we don't know it's sin we may not bury it and that's a lot of what we're seeing today in the world yes yep it it is we bury it we don't want to deal with it we try to hide it when in reality god always knows why because he's king he may not interject himself at the very moment you sin but he certainly is aware of it and is in charge of everything going on and the limited authority he gives satan i think a lot of times well you know i'm reminded of psalm 73 brad because in psalm 73 the psalmist is going why do the bad people seem to be getting everything working out for them and i'm trying to honor you god i'm trying to follow you and nothing works out for me do you ever feel that way i do and and you'd go, I'm doing everything right. <laughs> right. And all these people that aren't seem to just have everything work out. And it is a lie from the enemy to make us doubt. Yeah. And and it's it, it's easy, isn't it, to oh, fall absolutely. into it. I mean, James certainly speaks about it. You know, that as trials come, you know, we're we're going to experience trials. Mm-hmm. Um and and we're going to experience God's discipline in our life, even though we may not uh 
think we deserve it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You think of a good athlete. Uh, I think we look at discipline differently. Yeah. We look at discipline and we mix it with punishment. Yeah. And do. in Aiken's case, uh, Aiken was going to be punished. There were consequences to the sin. Yeah. Uh, I, I always say you're either going to discipline yourself or you will be disciplined. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Well, this is why it's so important for us as men to have people around us. Amen. Which, by the way, if you are listening today and you would like to be a part of our SWAT training day, we do a one-day SWAT training day in August. August 5th, the first Saturday in August, we have about 100 guys come together. Uh, We do a couple of teaching sessions in the morning here at the Salem Center where the radio is. And then we go out and we do our activities, which is shooting. We do a three-gun shoot, ARs, pistols, and um, rifle, I mean shotguns. Uh, Or you can go golfing. Uh, Brad, you've been golfing for the last (laughs) few years. That's a a lot of fun. Always fun. And then uh, you can go skydiving, sailing, or fishing. And, yes, we do have guys that do skydiving. Yeah, we do uh, every year. And so if you would like to do that, you can send me an email to Doug at SWATradio.com. I'll send you info on it, and you can uh, feel free to join us at that. That'd be great. Um, I think right now we have about 40 or 50 guys signed up, but it's still, you know, we got about a month away. So I'm happy to send you info, D-O-U-G at SWATradio.com, and uh, we have a lot of fun and it's uh, always a good time, isn't it, Brad? Oh man, such a good time! Yeah, and it's just one day. It's just it, there's no uh, there's no sleepover. <laughs> no, it's uh, a it's a one day event, and which, it's packed. Yes, yeah, it is. We it, it is we do a lot in that day, and we finish with a good meal together. Usually catered by either Woody's or uh, Four Rivers or somebody's barbecue. <laughs> yeah. Something about guys and barbecue, right? <laughs> that's the truth. And anyway, that's true. Looking forward to it. Yeah, that's exactly a month away. Yeah, and then again tomorrow, I want to remind you that Paul Peebles is going to be my guest. Paul works uh, at the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, the FDLE, which is like the equivalent of the state version of the FBI. Uh, they are probably the Florida premier law enforcement agency. Uh, as far as, um, you know, uh, jurisdiction and authority. And so uh, I had a privilege of meeting him a few weeks ago, great follower of Jesus, and look forward to having him on tomorrow to talk about his journey of faith as well as kind of being a a law enforcement guy and a follower of Jesus. Sometimes that's a tough career field to do that in, Mm. you know, Brad? Especially these days. Yeah. Uh. And so I uh, look forward to maybe y'all joining tomorrow. And then on Friday, you're going to have Brad and David to discuss the things we have uh, been talking about. So yeah. Specifically, I, I like the idea of uh, kind of discussing response. Yes. Uh, what is our response? How do people respond? Do we, do we ask for a response? And it, I was sharing, I, I love that statement in the book uh, where he says, when was the last time you went to a wedding and the bride and groom refused to answer the pastor's question. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the fact of the matter is, I was just thinking about my own sharing of the gospel. That oftentimes uh, I'm too busy ch- yapping to ask somebody for a response. Yeah, because you are responding even when you don't 
commit yeah. to this. And, you know, that's something I remember Leighton Ford saying that it, it's not really sharing the gospel if you don't ask for a response. The response right. is tied in. I mean, you just tell them a little information, but I always at least invite people to let me send them a Bible if they don't have a Bible. Oh, absolutely. At the love very that. least. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Well, Brad, I mean, you and David got Friday. Looking All forward to it. Tomorrow, man. And uh, listen, I am going to maybe play golf tomorrow. I need oh. to get my game in shape Woo. for the for the uh, SWAT training day. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, you better get out there early. <laughs> I know. Exactly. Hey, glad you joined us today. Again, if you have any questions for Doug or myself, send that to ask at SWATradio.com. I hope you'll uh, join, it, join Doug tomorrow, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow and on Friday. Look forward